This show is a proud member of the Nerdy Legion Podcast Network. Get more at nerdylegion.com. Enjoy the show! Stumbled on the best of the rest if you've been searching around and just came across our podcast. So. <laughs> the rest of what? Best of the rest of comics. An independent comic books podcast. Oh, okay. I guess we got to start talking comics then, huh? Uh, at some point we need to, yeah. Uh, this isn't like Hay Talk? Uh, not like Hay Talk, but it's, it's just, you know, we've had bourbon and gin and absolute black paint. 3.0. So we've we've covered a good gamut of topics already. So mm-hmm. that also is the rest, the rest of whatever we're talking about. Hey, there you go. All right. So what comics have you read? What's caught your interest? What's caught your eye? Well, a lot of what I've been doing, and I've mentioned this before, is I've been rereading *Strangers in Paradise*. I want to reread all of it. Really, that and *Rachel Rising* and *Echo*. Mm-hmm. to catch up so I can fully understand five years. Oh, the series has been really good so far. It's three issues in. but So I've been spending a lot of time doing that. Some things that have caught my mind recently. Black Hammer in the Justice League. Yeah, I read that first issue. I was I hemmed and hawed on it. Like, oh, it's a company crossover. I usually don't like those, but I decided to get it. What'd you think? I'm not sure. It's... <laughs> Looks like it. I mean, it's kind of formulaic at first, and the way it starts out is we're back on the farm where the superheroes Adam and Barbalian and Gale and all these others have been a farm in the Nether, some kind of a Nether world where they've been trapped for ten years. They go in and uh, Talkie Walkie is trying to his disassembled Adam's, Abraham's tractor and trying to build a trans-dimensional device to get him away from there. And they start talking, and then they're standing outside the barn, and a f- figure in a suit and a bowler hat carrying a briefcase, walk, briefcase walks up, wanting to buy the farm, to which Abraham says, you know, this is not for sale. Well, then the scene shifts, and now we're looking at the Justice League, who are fighting a sorrow. And then this same suited figure with a bowler hat comes walking up, and Wonder Woman instinctively senses that something's wrong and wants to know his name. And he says, just think of me as a transfer agent. Well, what ends up happening by the end of this is the Justice League and the Black Hammer Legion heroes end up swapping places. They're transferred. You know, the Justice League is transferred to the farm where at the end of it we see Batman is trying to build that trans-dimensional vehicle and... Adam and Barbalian and Talkie Walkie and all the others are now in the world that was occupied by the Justice League. So, I don't know. Like I say, it's, it's, it seems very formulaic. I'm not sure where it's going from that. I mean, I trust Jeff Lemire as a writer, but, yeah, I'm going to need a couple more issues before I'm convinced on if this is something that's going to be exceptional or not. Uh, yeah, fair enough. What did you think? Uh... I mean, it kind of went the kind of, like you said, the, it kind of went formulaic, but I don't know. I kind of liked, you know, how they kind of 
you know, towards the end when you had the the Justice League members were there and they started paralleling what you saw on the first couple of pages? Yes. No, I thought that was pretty good. I don't know. It seemed a more plausible way. It seemed a more plausible way to kick off a, or to make a a crossover occur than some of the others I've read. Yeah, right. I think so. So, I know I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the art. I mean, I really in, nothing out of the Black Hammer universe I haven't enjoyed. I mean, did you did you read the uh, Black Hammer Forty Five? No, I have not read that yet. I've, okay. That so, was. Did you get the Black Hammer Encyclopedia? No, I didn't. Ah. Uh-huh. I started to, but it, wasn't it only like 35 pages or something? I thought, what can you have? How much can you have in 35 pages? Of... I don't know. Well, they had a really small font. Okay. And you got me when they talk characters, like they would do, like the Black Hammer 45 team. Though that would be on one page, so you had like five characters on one page. And I actually think they had like their enemies and their allies on that page too. So you ended up having like one page, but you had like ten characters on it. But then it was in a small font, so you got to read quite a bit on each one of them. Okay. So that's how they did some of the structure. And then there were some characters in it that I hadn't even read yet, so you know he's got more stuff coming. So, yeah, he's got this whole universe, world, whatever you want to call it, all figured out because he had, the you know, like Victorian Age. Right. Then, then Pulp. Then, like, Golden Age, Silver Age, Bronze. I mean, he kind of paralleled the whole comics thing, but even going back to Pulps. And, like, actually, Sherlock Frankenstein is... From the Victorian, Victorian age, I didn't. Yeah. I've forgotten that. So he kind of expands the whole thing, starting out in the Victorian, works through the pulp, and all the others. So. Right. Yeah, he's he's got years worth of material. I think he can work on this, and it seems to be something that's he's enjoying doing, and it's pretty well received, from what I've seen in reviews and sales and such. So. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it's, it is. You know, it's for as much as Dark, I don't know if Dark Horse really gets a much exposure out there. But you know, they give them the, the creative license to do it. And doesn't I think uh, Dark Horse now has a first look deal with Netflix? Maybe I think it's Netflix. So Netflix, anything published by Dark Horse gets Netflix gets first shot at it or first bid on it or whatever you want to call it. You may be right. I can't recall. Off the top of my head. Yeah. Cool, cool. So, um, what else? Hey, you been reading any of the Vault stuff? Some. I've been kind of putting that on back burner. I've got, uh, well, I read uh, the first issue of She Said Destroy. Uh, Yeah, and I I think I've read, yeah, the first, I've read the first issue and the second issue. Uh, I don't know if I really like the art, but the story seems interesting. I didn't make it past the first issue. The story's oh, okay. Know? It's just not something that's typically in my wheelhouse. Mm-hmm. Um, the art wasn't bad. It wasn't as satisfying to me as some other things. But, yeah, I read the first issue, and it's not a bad story. I don't think it's badly written. It just didn't... I decided, no, I'm not going to... Uh, hey, here's a question for you. Did they ever finish Spiritus? Spiritus? I don't think so. Because remember, we were talking about, back in the day, about that art and everything, but I think like two issues came out, and I haven't seen anything since. That's all I remember seeing were two issues. Hmm, I wonder if they're getting kind of black maskish. I don't, well, they went through a period, there's a podcast called Off Panel, 
Mm-hmm. That they do a lot of interviews. And he interviewed uh, the two guys, Vault, and he had talked about it, and they, they brought it out brought it out into the open that there was a period of time where they were having, they had a little bit of difficulty paying their creators. Ah. Uh. They fully acknowledged that, you know, they made some mistakes, but they've worked through it. They've backpaid everyone so that everyone is satisfied, you know, and they, they, did, they did a very good job of working it out. They just didn't not pay people and let them go. That's why they're still gro- drawing a lot of big names. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if that had something to do with why certain series just stopped. They didn't go into that. Okay. And I haven't done any much more research on it, but I know that was one thing that may have maybe contributing to why some of these books had just kind of stopped or you saw, didn't see anything. I don't remember anything past two on Spiritus. Okay. Uh, what about Queen of Bad Dreams? I've kind of read... You know, three issues of that. That's actually pretty good. I'm enjoying it. Yes, I've kind of liked that one as well. And of course, Wasted Space is just continuing to be outstanding. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, test. Is that, not, is that on a bit, a little bit? Test. I read that. I think I have to read it again. It was a bit. It was a little verbose, and I'm not used to that. You know, if you go back and you read some like Silver Bronze Age stuff, those are pretty verbose, and you know, modern comics aren't quite like that. So. Right. My my brain wasn't <laughs> uh, programmed to read that much again. I see. Okay. But no, no, test seemed it seemed interesting. And I, did you get the homage cover? No, I did not. Oh. I think I'm going to do that with all the vaults that I can. I got the homage cover today of what's the one that came out today? As we record uh, this, cult classic. Oh, is it the one? Is it the EC cover? Yes. Yeah, I got that coming. And so yeah, I, I, that's one of the best things they're doing right now are those homage covers because I think it really gets people looking and noticing them, and whether it translates to further sales. I mean, you wonder how many people are buying just those homage covers and then don't buy any of the rest of the series yeah, but true true that is another at least source of revenue yeah but you get the people say you do it on the first issues they buy it and they actually you know some people can't buy a comic without reading it they read it they like it and then they ended up buying the rest of them so i can i can see the strategy yeah i'm sure it works i can see the strategy people. so so what do you think about this uh second wave of uh ahoy comics I'm not as much into them as I was the first wave. Oh, did you read Second Coming? Uh, no, I did not. Ah, oh, no. Second Coming, the first issue of that was great. I can, uh, I can, I can kind of see why. Who was going to publish that? Was it Vertigo? Vertigo, yeah. Yeah, but you know, if they printed Preacher, they shouldn't have had any problems with this. But I guess it's a different era now. But. Oh, yeah. I can see where it would have pissed some people off. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm sure it was. And, you know, DC and Marvel, both of them, they've got reputations, and they're more oh. concerned about... Well, I think a lot of their thought is just not losing readership, because they're so much in competition with each other. You know, they don't want to lose anything. DC doesn't want to lose any ground to Marvel. Marvel doesn't want to lose any ground to DC, and 
the independents, I think, are a little bit more of the mindset. What the hell we got to lose anyway? Yeah. Well, I'll just say it's it's not that Second Coming was offensive. It's satire, but it, right. it really it it really throws some hypocrisies in your face. <laughs> I'll have to go back and read it because I yeah I love that kind of thing. So yeah, it was it was it was pretty good. And then I don't I had high hopes for Planet of the Nerds, but yeah, I don't know. It's kind of gotten a little. Mm, what's the right word? I don't know. I don't want to say juvenile, but I'm kind of like. I don't know. Maybe it's just something that just not clicks with me. I'm kind of the same way. That one hasn't uh, hit me all that much. And hashtag danger, I didn't get much out of. No. Bronze Age Boogie's Bronze Age good. Boogie is. I'm I'm kind of like that one. Yeah, it's it's interesting. It's a it's it's a little out there because it, it 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 zigs when you think it's gonna zag. I mean, and, and literally and. Ah. But it's entertaining. So I think out of the, out of this this second wave, uh, like Second Coming and Bronze Age Boogie are the best. Yes. I would agree. So. Mm, what about any of the uh, Aftershock stuff that's coming out? I'm I haven't got Knights Temporal yet, but I'm really looking forward to reading it. No, um, I haven't read that one yet. Descendant has been enjoyable. Mary Shelley's Orphan Age. Orphan Age. Moderately, I have not enjoyed that as much as I was thought I was really? going to. Even yeah, even with it part of it being set in Dallas. <laughs> I, I don't know. I kind of really liked Orphan Age. It's, uh, it's kind of it's interesting po- characteristics. I just it's I didn't say I didn't like it. It just hasn't struck me as as much as I thought it would be. Mary Shelley's Monster Hunter has been really good because I, I really like the artist on that. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, he really sets the mood for it. You really get that Victorian feel from it. And the and the winter in the castle in I don't know, Eastern Europe or wherever it is. Right. Yeah, the the, the coloring and the art just fits it really well. You're still doing a walk through hell, right? No. Yeah. No. I've really? done, I've been rid of that one in a while now. Didn't get past the first arc on that. Mostly because I was just looking to cut back on some things I was reading and mm-hmm. so I what? Reading too much? Is that such a thing? Yes, it is. <laughs> when you start trying to remember what the hell you read, and you look at a comic book that you read a week ago, and you think, I don't remember a damn thing that's in that, then, yeah, you think, you okay, okay, maybe I'm trying to read too many things. But Now, I haven't read that one, and I didn't stay with The Last Space Race either. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, that's a, a slight, slight off-road tangent. Did you find your uh, Apollo Lunar Module and Command? Um, oh crap! I can't even think of what it, whatever it is. Your model. I found it. Yeah. Not at the price I was willing to pay. So ah. I'm thinking now that the anniversary has passed, that's gonna kind of go back into obscurity a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I think the prices will come down. They're still out there. I still see them. They just haven't come down in price. But I'm thinking, give it a couple, three more weeks, a month. So we'll, we'll see. I'm still looking for it. But I just, yeah, the ones out there are the prices they wanted. They, there was a really exclusive one that was Japanese. Ooh. Um, 
it was they only made a few dozen of those back in the 70s it would have been the only really difference nice is the packaging's japanese yeah yeah a little bit i mean the packaging is in english but with japanese name of the company on that and a, a logo and it was you know the cheapest one i found was 320 dollars i think so Ooh, for a plastic model from the 70s yeah but i mean like i said they only made a few dozen of those from what i've found so oh 300 could have been a deal it might have been but i wasn't really ready quite to pay that so. <laughs> but anyway no i have not gotten that yet but I, uh, I will i will do it all right what else Ooh, i've been reading uh faithless from boom yes that's actually been pretty interesting it's been enjoyable i've been getting okay. mostly the <laughs> the copper copies that come in the um the plain brown bag the wrapped you know the the erotic the erotic covers that are in the wrapped that are sealed in plastic well the first one of that issue one was the tula lote uh, i had to get that because mm-hmm. she's one of my favorite artists but yeah, yeah it's the story just brought you in well the story's good it's not the most intriguing but it's it's been worth reading um, let's see. Oh, uh, I don't know if you've had a chance to read it. Black Badge came to an end. Yeah, I did. That was actually a pretty good run. I didn't realize there's only going to be 12 issues, but... Ooh, another side note. Did you see on Twitter where Matt Kent said he's going to Gen Con and he has the mind management board game? No, I didn't see that. I want to go to Gen Con sometime. I really want to go. That or Dragon Con. I want to go to a gaming convention once. And I'd really like... Is, I wonder if Gen... No, Gen Con's the one up in Wisconsin, I think. And Dragon Con's the one in Atlanta. But yeah, there's a mind management board game. <clears throat> Interesting. I wonder if he'll... If you get it, will he'll burn one of the corners of it <laughs> with a lighter like he does with mind management. But, but I thought that was interesting. See, I, need, I think I need to go back and read Mind Management sometime. I have never read that. I've read oh, gosh. other stuff. No, I have not read that. That You definitely need to read it. And that's certainly something you read to read, either in trade, not digitally. Because he does things where there's things in the borders. There's things where you have to turn the page, really, to kind of look at it. It doesn't read well. It doesn't read properly in digital, which you don't read much digital anyway. So, but definitely yeah, mind too much. But definitely mind management doesn't work well in a digital format because of the way he's done the art. But it's yeah, it's one of those game changer type works. Hmm. Well, you know, I don't. I can't remember if he was at C two E two this year, but I know two years ago when we first went, he was there. And it's like you could buy the hardcovers, and he, you know, every time he bought one from it, he did a, he signed it and did a personal quick sketch in the front of each one. So if I, if I'm going to get them, I think that's what I'm going to do. Right. How long was that? Was it a 60 issues or was it 20 issues? Or? I don't recall off the top of my head. But um, hey, talking about cons, I had always said. I've been saying for years, have no desire to go to San Diego Comic Con. No, but I'm, ch- I'm changing that mindset. 
I want to go once, but I think I want to go like on a just go on a Thursday. But I don't know if it's worth going all the way out there just for one day. Well, see, that's the thing. Uh, from what I understand, and I, anybody who's out there, correct me. But the way you have to go tickets, you can't just go buy a ticket. You have to log in, register on this system that's a lottery. It's a digital lottery, whether you get to buy tickets or not. You even get the opportunity to buy a ticket. And then you don't necessarily get to choose what day you go. It says, okay, you can buy tickets for the Thursday, or you can buy tickets for Sunday. You don't... I didn't see anything that indicated you can do anything like a three-day pass or anything like that. So. Yeah, that just doesn't sound fun to me. You know, the only thing the thing that made me change my mind a little bit on that is from what Eric then what they're saying when we were up there that it's really better. It's not as much of a human mosh pit as you would think it is. That they're better controlled. And then just seeing all the damn tweets that Terry Moore put out there with sketches he was going to sell. Oh, yeah, yeah, they were a million dollars each. Yeah, and like just more sketches, sketches, sketches. I'm like, I want this one, I want that one, I want this one, I want them all. So what, he's not going to do, he doesn't do that for C2E2? Um, I guess he does. I don't remember there being that many. I mean, he's he's got portfolios of his work, but I don't remember him doing that many sketches before. Or maybe he's just never tweeted out as prodigiously as he did for San Diego but yeah maybe not no I was seeing all that and it's like oh that's nice oh that's nice ooh that's nice just walk up and say what do you take for the whole book that would have been interesting mm. but, but yeah I've, I've wanted to go I kind of wish I'd gone to, to San Diego in the early to mid 90s before it got to where it is now but I, I think about it every year, and then I talk myself out of it. But, yeah, it's like I want to go on, like, on a Thursday, maybe a Thursday, Friday, and then the rest of the week just, uh, week just you know, or the weekend just go to uh, Southern California. Go, right. like, go, to, go to La Jolla, go out to Temecula. I, I'll skip Tijuana. <laughs> yeah, I've been to Tijuana. Oh, have you now? Yeah, it was part of a cr- cruise we took out of Los Angeles. It was oh, like a so, so, you went, so you, you went unwillingly. Yeah, it was not... Yeah, I didn't I mean, intentionally go to Tijuana. It was, we, we flew to Los Angeles and did a four-night cruise. We went to Catalina Island and had a couple of stops. And we, we stopped for one, like half a day in Tijuana. And yeah, there's you don't want to be there. <laughs> Mex- all Mexican border towns are identical. And... If you've ever seen uh, Old Country, No Country for Old Men, you'll know what those are like. <laughs> yeah, I've never seen that movie. Oh my gosh, that is one of my top five all-time movies. Really? Yes. What's your other four? <sighs> Blade Runner, mm-hmm. Brazil, mm-hmm. Uh, Doctor Strangelove, mm-hmm. I don't know. I have to think about the other one. Yeah, maybe that, whatever it is, it's sometimes. You, it's really good. It's a. Is it depressing? Am I uh, you, a little bit, yeah. Don't because, don't watch it, then go immediately to bed. Um, I mean, yeah. I mean, it's, it's not as depressing as some other things, but it doesn't have a good ending. So. <laughs> uh, but it's. It's damn good film. Damn good film. Would you, would you call it a western or? 
sort of. It takes place in the hill down around the Big Bend country near the uh, Rio Grande River in Texas in, the, in 1980. Mm-hmm. And it involves drug deals gone bad and money being stolen and contract for hire killers and all kind. Of, yeah, it's all kinds of stuff. So, but it's it's, yeah, it's a sounds fun. It's it's it really is a good film. If you like Tommy Lee Jones, he play, it's one of his mm-hmm. best roles ever. He plays the sheriff, and Javier Bardem plays Anton Chigurh, one of the creepiest villains you will ever um, did he win an Oscar for that role? yeah he won uh, Oscar best supporting actor for that yeah, if you watch that just remember the coin toss scene it'll it'll yeah that's the most nerve wracking one of the most nerve wracking scenes you'll ever see in a film oh, there you go so I don't know I think uh now, for some reason, that reminds me of Unforgiven, and I just love Unforgiven. Yeah, it's not the same type of movie, but yeah, it's, it's not. But for some reason, I well, I guess because I haven't seen it, and I just right. I've, I saw the commercials for it and all that, and for some reason, I just I don't know. It just brings up memories of Unforgiven, and I just love that movie. I think you'd like No Country for Old Men, but like I say, it's just not it's not a cheery movie by any means. Well, I may have to just carve out some time to watch it sometime. I'm, my problem is I'm like behind on all my comic book show watching. Right. This is based on a novel by Cormac McCarthy. Yeah, I knew that was, but yeah, yeah. it's like I've I've got that, but it's like I still gotta watch Doom Patrol. I gotta watch Swamp Thing. I gotta watch Umbrella Academy. I wanna watch uh, The Boys because I'm hearing nothing but good things from the boy about the boys, and you know I still haven't seen the second season of like Iron Fist or third season of daredevil and all that stuff or punisher and i'm just like i want to watch all this and it's like i keep getting further behind that's why i'm thankful i watch very few of those things because i just know i couldn't keep up but i enjoy them well that's if you enjoy them that's fine i know i just don't get time to watch them damn you work (laughs) damn Um, having a life yeah yeah look at some of this other stuff i'm kind of disappointed that james fonda origins coming to an end soon yeah, that's been a very enjoyable series. One of the best ones. Yeah, I know. I mean, I usually don't give much credit to Dynamite, but oh, man, they they do James Bond well. They have they they've all been good, but this one's been exceptional, and especially all the damn covers. I mean, it's like they've really killed it with the variant covers on this thing. I mean, just outstanding. Oh, have, you been, have you been getting multiple covers of each issue? Uh, most of them, yeah. I'm getting at least, at least a couple. So what cover. do you do with them? Do you like do you just put them in, bag and board them and put them away, or you display them? Or? I've been just putting them away. I bag them and put them away. I usually get the A copy, mm-hmm. and that's when I'll read. And then one of the others that I really like... The, what, the barbecue? The barbecue. Not all. I've not gotten all barbecues. There's some that I've liked better than his. But yeah, it's been been an outstanding series. I didn't think it was going to be limited at first, but when it comes to independent comics, well, just like we're talking about Black Badge, I'm not sure it was supposed to be 12 issues, but... I don't know. It was pretty... I don't know. It seemed well laid out. 
you know, now that you you read the whole thing and you kind of go from the beginning to the end, you kind of see where it was all set up to lead to this and everything. I don't know if you could string it out for an ongoing. Yeah, I don't know either. But there's just there's just not that many ongoings in independent comics. Well, I Spawn's mean, about to hit 300. Well, okay. Yeah, Spawn, you yeah. Walking Dead. Nope, but how Walking many, Dead ended. Well, I know, but that, it went how many years? You have to call it an ongoing that ended. Uh, yeah, issue 193. You wonder if he just had some random number. It's like, oh, I'm going to take it to issue 193. I don't know. But how many of those can you name, seriously, of independent comics that are 100 issues or more? Not very many. Especially now, because... And you have to also think, when Spawn and Walking Dead started, there weren't as many publishers out there as well. So you got a much more... you got a lot of more to choose from, and I think it stops a lot of people from getting too invested in things. And, you know, if you start... Start a start a series and you get ten issues into it and you say we're just not making money off this we need to bring it to an end. I think that's what a lot happens with a lot of them. But. Well, well, you know, I know there's a lot of competition out there, but part of the reason it's hard is when you've got books that are two ninety nine, three ninety nine, four ninety nine, five ninety nine. Well, that's true as well. I remember back in the day. I'm gonna I'm gonna talk back in the day. I could get my weekly pool and I got a good decent amount of books a week. Now I get my weekly pool for twenty bucks, and some, and then I got change back. Right. I understand. I went today. This is not, you know, I'm getting still a big chunk of my stuff, more than half from Calabunga, but I still get stuff from my LCS. And just today I went, and the few things I got were thirty-two dollars. So yeah, it's. Becoming more and more of a issue where you have to be judicious about where you spend your money. Oh, uh, well, at least there was a Fed rate cut today. That's true. We'll see how that works. Well, the stock market dropped. Well, that's good, I guess. <laughs> so, uh, well, you got anything coming up that's just that's starting soon that we haven't read anything of that you have like, great expectations for? Uh, yes, there's a new one coming out. Uh, a new Michael Morisi Mall. Oh yeah, I'm waiting for that. No, is it Mall or the Mall? There, it's Mall. There was a comic book, I think it was from Scout, called The Mall. Mm-hmm. That I didn't read, but um, I know that's coming out pretty soon. I'm trying to think what else is coming up. I'd have to go look at my cowabunga list to know for sure, but... I know, that's kind of what I'm looking at. Um, I'm looking forward to Night's Temporal. I don't think that's come out yet. A lot of stuff is in a... You know, it's kind of... I don't know if there's too many new stuff coming out. It seems like we're all in a bunch of... uh, In the middle of the ongoing. And I don't have the, the latest issue of previews sitting in front of me. I just got that today. Oh, it is. Is this Fifth Wednesday? I believe so. Yeah. Well, wait a second. It's Fifth Wednesday, but aren't don't you aren't don't you get previews the first week? No, it's usually the last Wednesday of the month. Yeah. 
I didn't get mine today. I Actually, I'll have to go track that down. Oh, Dr. Mirage, that's coming out in a couple Ooh, yeah. months with uh, Mags Massaggio writing it. Looking forward to that. Um, a couple of things I'm looking forward to. Not indie, or the, I think the first one came out today. Uh, House of X and Powers of X from Marvel. Well, House of X came out last week. Powers of X came out today. Okay. I'm not getting either so, of them yet because they're coming yeah, well, in my mail order. So. Yeah, well, we'll see if they can revitalize the X-Men. I hope they do. All I know is I gotta, I gotta f- fill up the holes in my X-Men collection before they get introduced into the movie universe. Right. Or the prices are just gonna get outrageous. I did not read, and I guess we, we're kind of going. To, I did not realize how expensive the first appearance of Blade the Vampire Hunter had become. I couldn't tell. I'm not. Well, I'm. I was trying at one point to kind of get a rough run of uh, Tomb of Dracula, but that may have just been blown out of the water now. But that's the things that come into mind right off the top of my head that are coming out. Yeah, I mean, um, there's a couple of the DC Black Label stuff coming coming out soon that I'm like, ooh, that looks good. Right. That's not that's, that's not independent. Well, right, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm just I, I'm trying to think independent. I don't have anything. Yeah, it's like I've already gotten rid of my previews, so I can't flip through and see. You get rid of your previews too quickly, in my opinion. I mean too quickly. I sit there, I don't say, you know, some people are starting to collect previews. I know people collect I know. The, the, the previews where the first Walking Dead comes out. Um, and, you know, like key comics when they're, they, they want to go get the previews where it's first solicited. Which is interesting. That's like, you know what I mean? That's like keeping a copy of the Computer Shopper from back in the day. Boy, I loved that magazine back in the day. Yes. That was like the most awesomest thing. Just order parts, get them in, build <laughs> yourself a computer. I was a big collector of, uh, it was called Audiophile magazine back when I was in high school. That's when long before CDs and everybody was still into vinyl and the high dollar turntables and preamps and amplifiers and where you had a whole rack of components for your stereo that took up big space on one wall as opposed to what we have now. Mm-hmm. So, but that's the main thing. Oh, Blade Runner 2019 should be out pretty soon. If it's not already, I'm kind of interested it, in that. Yeah, I think it's already out. I, I didn't get it. I haven't gotten it yet. But I'm waiting on I, a book uh, package right now. I just got an email yesterday from Cal Bunga that they're sending something out. So I, I, oh, think, yeah, it, I, got, I think it's in I there. I got mine too. So you get yours once a month or every uh, every other week. Every other week. Okay. But I think I just uh, I haven't gotten anything from them in more than a couple of weeks, so I don't know. Well, maybe it's twice a month, and since it's a five... Well, yeah, Wednesday, it is twice a month. Five Wednesday month, so that, that, that could affect how things work. It is twice a month. I don't think it's every other week. Dun, dun, right dun. Mystery solved. 
Oh yeah, I'm looking down here. It's like twice a month. So there you go. But that's you know, most of what's been going on in the indie from reading and from my perspective recently. Oh, that's not too bad. No. I mean, so I mean, it's the summer. Do you think they put out more stuff in the summer, or they wait till the fall? I mean, is there is there? Do you think there's some kind of seasonality to it, just because? Uh, I don't. I haven't noticed a l- too much of a drop off in the summer. Well, I mean, you know, kids are running around. They're going on vacations, and I mean, well, I don't know. I mean, it's like, who's the demographic for reading comics? Um, that's not a simple. You look at mm, some of the things I read. It's men 30 or older are still buying the majority of comics. Mm-hmm. It's definitely something that's seems to be generational. I don't. There didn't. There don't seem to be that many young people coming in and buying comics. At least not print comics. I don't know if they're buying digital or how they're doing that, but I haven't looked at those numbers in a while, so I can't speak to it too intelligently. But mm. I don't know. I do remember last year, and we talked about it, the preview, the December previews catalog seemed very thin mm-hmm. last year, so I don't know. That's for what, time was shipi- what was shipping in December, or the December catalog for February? I think the December catalog for February, so I don't know. Well, you know, all that money is going to Valentine's Day that month. <laughs> Yeah, but people are paying for it a big chunk in December because you have to put your orders in. <laughs> and, well, if you're doing it through pull boxes, you don't have to pay for it until February. But if you're ordering, say, from Calbunga or Direct, which I need to chuck, getting off on another tangent, I saw a tweet just today from somebody who is using the new Previews Pullbox software. Oh. Previews World now has their system where you can order through them and apparently it goes to your local comic shop. Uh, but, but who gets paid? I don't know how it works. I need to find out about it. I need to talk to my LCS owner find out if he's participating and what he thinks of it because I'm damn curious about it. I've been hearing about this for a couple of years now they were going to do this. Now, how effective it is or how LCS shops are reacting to it, I don't know. But I'll have to look that up. We may talk about that on a future episode. Oh, yes. Dig into it. You know, be the investigative reporter and and learn us about it at our next uh, broadcast. Well, I'm just curious for my own personal sake, but yeah, um, I'll share whatever I find on it. Anything else? Oh, not that I have. I'm just sitting here in the man cave going again about like how much I need to organize. Oh, you and me both. So, But it is better than it was a month ago. Well, then improvement is always good. Yep. Always moving forward. All right, then. Well, you've been listening to Best of the Rest. If you'd like to tweet the show at BOTR Comics or you can reach me at J Forgets. Yeah, I'm at UT Engineer. Yes, and getting more and more of a Twitter presence as time oh. goes by. 
Ah, uh, well, maybe it's that new redesign. It's easier to use. <laughs> the redesign that nobody likes. <laughs> well, if you haven't used anything else before. Well, oh, that's the... true. <laughs> I, I've seen a lot of tweets. But people are not happy with the redesign. Apparently not. But Apparently not. So. Anyway, we will see you again next time. Is it Ronnie? The like three of the programmers in his department are leaving within just a couple week period. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess that's why we haven't heard much from him lately. <laughs> no, he's been busy. Well, I know he's been had a lot of stuff with his personal life. I know they've had that big soiree around Fourth uh, of July, and he's got that home run derby thing that he does. He volunteers for every year. Yep. Yeah. Oh, no, it looks like he's having fun. Plus, he's got a wedding coming up. Oh, uh, yeah. Which reminds me, I need to talk to you at some point, because Pam and I are coming up for that wedding. Yep. And we think we might just stay up for a few extra days. Make a come, short up early or come up early or stay later? Uh, we don't haven't decided yet. Probably come it's up a couple 12. days. Yeah, it's a Saturday... Probably come up a couple days early and may stay a couple days after. Oh, I was about to say we have a Gauguin exhibit at the art museum, but it, it leaves in mid-September. Ah, dang it. There's a Monet exhibit here in Fort Worth that we're going to go see. So. Yeah, so but I don't know what they're coming in behind that, but our museum is free. Wow, nice. Uh, well, I mean, for, for the traveling stuff like that, you have to pay a fee. You know, you do have to pay for that, but if you're just going into what they have uh, every day all year round, it's free. The zoo's free, the art museum's free, the history museum's free, science center's free. Nice. And if you can find street parking, the street, you know, the parking's free. <laughs> that's the thing. Yeah, that's why we have a 1% city uh, city income tax. Ah, to keep all that free. It makes sense. Yeah, I mean, I don't mind it. We get into the big arguments of, well, all these, all these people that live outside the city and the county, and they come in and they use all our free stuff that our 1% tax pays for. So why is that fair? And I'm like, man, well, don't live in the city. That's true. <laughs> but yeah, we'll probably come up there, so do some things in and around the St. Louis area. Hey, there he is, goes. Ooh, we can go, we can go have, we can go do, we can go try pretentious things. Yes, pretentious things in St. Louis. There's got to be some somewhere. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I can find it all the way. I just do not recommend St. Louis-style pizza. Okay, well, that's There's a places we have for deep dish, and we have places that have New York-style, and we have places... Well, what you don't want about a St. Louis pizza is you don't want the Prevail cheese, because you know what? It's not real cheese. It's a cheese uh, product. Cheese... Cheese food, as they call like the cheese whiz yeah. and Velveeta. 
That's my one thing about St. Louis that I don't like, and the one food thing I haven't jumped on is the Provet. I mean, it's an acquired taste. It's one of those things if you grew up here with it, yeah, you like it. But when you've been, when you've had good pizza everywhere else, it's kind of, eh. It's kind of got like a tangy taste to it, which, you know, cheese shouldn't have. Right. It's like, you know, it almost tastes to me like the cheese is going bad. <laughs> Interesting. And it doesn't melt right. Right. So, it's... Ah. Well, okay. So, stay away from St. Louis pizza. Yep. I'll, I'll write that down. But I love St. Louis-style ribs, though. Oh, yeah. I'm sure those are quite good. And I know exactly where the best steak in town is, because I had one Sunday night. Okay. And they got an awesome 16-ounce pork chop. Nice. Butterflied. So, I got that all figured out. Very good. Oh, we, we actually went to a place where this woman's, uh, she's figured out she's got a patent on how to make boozy ice cream, and it's really boozy. We had to Manhattan, and the ice cream tastes just like Manhattan's, and they have um, soaked, she's got soaked maraschino cherries mixed in with the ice cream. So, it's it's quite good. I think I got drunk off a pint. <laughs> See, the thing about those things, I've always thought, it's like, why would I want a Manhattan flavored ice cream? I'll just have a Manhattan and some ice cream. Yeah. Well, just, I, I, I kind of agree with that, but it's like, you know, she made the news and it's like, hey, let's try this. And it's like, oh, mm, yes. Good. But it's in such a way that it's almost like the consistency of a gelato. Ah, nice. And I'm sitting there going, hmm, what chemicals am I ingesting to have this boozy ice cream? But then I'm like, no, it's all, it's, you know, it's all supposed to be all kind of natural stuff. It's got a lot of the ingredients on it. So I'm like, eh, okay. Right. But there's like a Chardonnay ice cream, and there's a, I don't know if there's a gin one. Gin's a little bracing for ice cream, I would think. Ah, it depends on what you mix with it. That's true. Ooh, oh, oh, you'll like this. Okay. So I guess we're, we're, we're talking, we're talking like food and Missouri stuff. So anyway, so anyway, I got my uh, Bourbon Plus magazine that I get. And you only get four issues. You know, it's one of those uh, pretentious magazines that you only get once a quarter, and it's right. oversized, card, blah, 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 blah. Anyway, so I got my magazine, got my magazine booklet, whatever. I'm reading through it, and they're talking about uh, artisanal corn. Not, not artisanal. Heritage corn, right? Because apparently, what was it, 18, World's Fair, 1897, something like that. Blah, blah, blah. It's when they came up with the yellow dent, or whatever the corn is, right? That's like, oh, wow, we all love this. It's great corn. And before that, you had all these different varieties of corn. And you, you fast forward now, 100 years later or more, it's like just about 90-something percent of the corn out there is all this easy to grow, very homogenous, something dense. I wish I could remember the name of it. Whatever corn, right? Right. And it's, and it's the corn, and then, you know, because you can make all this stuff out of, like, high-fructose corn syrup and... All this stuff like that, right? So there's no character to it, right? And and it used to be, you know, one of the recommend, you know, one of the requirements for bourbon is it's got to be at least 51% corn, right? So everybody's sitting here making all their differences and all their bourbon flavors and everything by, you know, mixing the mash bill with rye and the other stuff, but you still got to have that 51% corn, right? So right. you've got a few distilleries that are trying to go get. Um, heritage corn crops 
you know, stuff that hasn't, you know, from like, you know, Thomas Jefferson's time like that, plant those and use that corn and then and, and then change the flavors of the bourbon and the whiskey with the different corns, not with the other stuff. And one of the pioneers of that is Pickney Bend, who is in New Haven, Missouri, which is near Herman, Missouri, which is near Columbia, Missouri, which is near Ronnie. Ah. So you go out that ways to Ronnie's, there's a Pickney Bend in New Haven along the the Missouri River where they have where they're they're doing some whiskey with varietal I mean heritage I don't want to say varietal heritage corn. Now, you're thinking, "Oh, how did that previous thing mix up with that?" Because not only are they doing that with the corn, they're doing it with their gin, and they actually have way more gin than they do whiskey. So you can actually go there and get a gin flight. Now, my wife and I had a discussion that does gin really lend itself to sipping and being a flight? But they offer it hmm. with variety, with, no, with heritage grains. Or of course, you don't make gin out of grain, do you? Uh, gin is made out of juniper and berries, and yeah, it's well, they've got other stuff there. But oh, yeah. anyway, so this place has got like I don't know a dozen or gins or so. And you can go there and you can get a gin flight. And so I thought, huh, Jay might like that. I might, yes. So, yeah, just look up the Pickney Bend. There's some gins that may lend themselves to sipping. No, let's... Well, my wife's a Tangeray girl. Uh, Tangeray's my former favorite. Well, Hendrix, I guess, was my favorite gin, but now that's been surpassed by Nolitz. Or no lays, as uh, Martin calls it. <laughs> Try to be pretentious, but um, yeah, that, that's my new gin of choice. So, hey, there you go. What makes it better than the Hendrix? Uh, just it's—I don't say it's smoother. It just has a different undertaste. Um, oh, it finishes on the back of the tongue differently? Yeah, it just, yeah, exactly. And it's, it's hard, to, hard to even describe, but... It's, you know, usually that's the best kind. If you, you're, you're really enjoying it, but you can't really quite describe what it is that's enjoyable about it, those are about the best. It still has the gen characteristic. It still has the gen bite, but it's not as... Um, you don't have that the aftertaste to me to do with, say, like a Hendrix, or, or especially Tanqueray. You always know when you've had a Tanqueray. Mm, yeah, but that means you just add more um, tonic, right? Yes, except I don't drink gin and tonics, usually. <laughs> it's either a Gimlet uh, or a Martini when I have Yeah, that, that's my wife's and my father-in-law's favorite, uh, favoriteest drinks of all. Tanqueray and tonic. Ah. Uh. Martin's a big tonic guy, or has been in the past. I'm. Would have to see if I'm assuming that's still the case, but. Mm. Ooh, and another interesting note. Today I got to notice that my Blackest Black 3.0 is finally shipping, so I hope to have that here in the next next week. Very nice. So I'm gonna see what kind of mayhem I can by painting stuff uh, with paint that absorbs 99.999% of light. <laughs> That'll be interesting. I'm still trying to figure out what the most practical use of that would be. 
I don't know, but I'm going to paint a ping pong ball and drive the cat what uh, <laughs> the cat mad. That would be say I'd yeah. There's all kinds of mayhem you can get into. <laughs> just like the guy on the Allstate commercial. Well, I just basically want to see if it acts like it does in those YouTube videos. Because if it does, it's going to be freaky. Yes. I mean, you know, you can have somebody break their knuckles by painting it on a wall, and I think it's a hole in the wall, and I try to reach through. And... Well, I don't know if it actually looks like that. Like, I don't think it has depth. No, yeah, it what doesn't. you do, yeah, but what you know, it's it's. Here's how I best describe it to people. Say you painted a room in it, you couldn't see the corners. Right. Even even fully lit, you shouldn't be able to see the corners. And you can't see curvature of a spherical object. Yeah. It appears two-dimensional, and yeah, I don't know, but I'm sure we will get plenty of snapshots on Discord and Twitter when you get that mechanic experimenting with it. Yeah, but I just, you know, I'm just wondering, you know, I'm just wondering if a picture is going to convey how freaky it looks. Then again, it may not look freaky. I'm trying not to get my expectations up, but my expectations are up. <laughs> okay. Well, we'll just have to see. And you didn't spend too much on it, I'm hoping. But... Nah, I think it was like, what, 25 bucks? Oh yeah, that's, that's... You, know, you know, enough for that. Yeah, I know. You I, a... I did, I did buy some black 2.0. That's going to be my base. So I've got something to make it really black at first, and then I'm just going to really make it black after that. But first, yeah, you can one... get easily twenty-five dollars worth of amusement out of that. Oh heck yeah! And it's like, oh yeah, don't use on hot surfaces. Okay. Makes sense. So, you know, I might take a matchbox car and paint it. Ping pong ball. The ping pong ball intrigues me, because that would be, yeah. Paint a quarter. <laughs> Amusing. I want to see all of this. I want to see uh, all of this. I know what I'm going to do for C2E2 next year is I'm going to I'm gonna paint like a button and have the button on me like that. So you got this button that has no definable features. This uh, I'm wearing it, seeing what that does. Yes, or... I wonder, if, I, wonder, I wonder if I could get somebody to ink a comic page with it. Well, that's what I was thinking of. Some sort of like... Um, if you could get a hardcover and paint the front of the hardcover and then try to get somebody to sign it. Some sort. <laughs> anyway, we're going to have some fun with it. And I, I hope I, I hope I get half the amusement out of it I'm anticipating because then I'll be highly too. amused. 